What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. We are three guys on the verge of a breakdown. I'm Matt Johnson, and I think it's time for a Scrubs rewatch. I'm Keith Baker, and I have my sweater vest on, ready to listen. And I'm Austin Terry, and if Jason Siegel was my therapist, I would never miss a session. Before we get to the normal uh, rigmarole here, Keith, what is your uh, intro and in reference to? I mean, whenever you say sweater vests, I admittedly do close my eyes and think of therapists. Are we just on the same page? Is that what you're referencing there? Or is there a sweater vest in this show that I missed? There's a couple sweater vests that I think. Okay, okay. I don't want to spoil it, though. Well, we all watched it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Harrison's got a tight one on, showing off his bod. He's looking good. I have to say this, and this is not... Like in a bad way. Like I was watching it and I was genuinely curious. We get a topless Harrison Ford in this show. Like ha- when was the last time that happened? Because I, w- I was like, I was kind of respecting it. Yeah, I was impressed. I mean, I don't know the last time it happened, but Harrison Ford's like nipple to upper body ratio. He's like 80. It looked good. <laughs> <laughs> got his, still got his Raiders of the Lost Ark body? Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be people's sexiest man alive this year. All right. Well, with that, you know, we're already talking about Harrison Ford's nipples. So let's just go ahead and get into it. (laughs) On today's show, of course, we're talking about the new Apple TV Plus show from some of the Ted Lasso creators and Jason Siegel with Shrinking. But before we get to that, I have a question for you guys. And it's one that I think about this kind of thing a lot when it comes to actors. Like, do, do they think about other people's projects ever? Like, do they care about that shit? So my opening question for you guys is... Does Jason Siegel know or remotely even care that there is a show, I think, airing on Hulu right now called How I Met Your Father? Yeah, I'm glad you added the no to that question, because my answer is going to be not only does he not care at all, he has no idea How I Met Your Father even <laughs> exists on this planet. God, it's so dumb. It's Hillary Duff, though. I mean, I do like Hillary Duff, but I don't know. I haven't watched it. And neither has Jason Siegel. <laughs> season one was panned as like one of the worst shows of last year. And then it was like, hey, we're back for season two. And I can't get it off of my Twitter timeline. It's always promoted. Me, that's actually, that's fair. I always see it on Twitter. You know what? I think I might watch the premiere at least. I'll see if I can get into it. <laughs> I wonder who's the, the narrator. Because, you know, like Bob Saget played oh, the narrator. Shit. Well, Keith, you're asking all the good questions. I'm pulling it up right now. Because there has to, yeah, there has to be like a famous person, right? Or maybe they couldn't get a famous person. <laughs> maybe they couldn't. What do you mean? They couldn't get a famous person. Oh, it's Kim Cattrall from uh, Sex in the City. She's the one that didn't come back for the new Sex in the City show. So she was like, I'll be the narrator on How I Met Your Father. <laughs> <laughs> She's got great taste, obviously. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> All right, guys. So with that, that's enough Hillary Duff talk for one day, although I'm sure we will return for our in-depth retrospective and review on the Lizzie McGuire movie in the near future. So look forward to that. Um, but let's get into the main topic of today's show. Of course, we're talking about shrinking. And I think um, when it comes to this one and kind of the narrative behind it, I really just think it's all about the pedigree of those on screen and behind the scenes, of course. Um this is from Bill Lawrence, who obviously, I mean, I think he just makes banger after banger with Scrubs and everything leading up to Ted Lasso and now Shrinking. So it's his new show. Brett Goldstein, who plays Roy Kent, is involved. So you love to see that. And then the cast, you know, you got Jason Siegel, who I'm really excited to talk about Jason Siegel because he's he's kind of an underappreciated performer for me. And he's also 
I think he gets, you know, thought of as an actor a lot, but he's a great writer. I think Forgetting Sarah Marshall, one of the great rom-coms of the last, like, 20 years. Uh, so he's, like, secretly, like, popping up and stuff while also writing, and then he's, like, also co-creating shows at the same time. So he kind of left a lot of the Judd Apatow crew behind a little bit. He's more about, like, quality over quantity, it seems like, with the stuff he's been picking or working on. So I got excited. Obviously, Harrison Ford's involved and the Ted Lasso people. So this one seems like it's going to be super interesting. Before I open up to you guys, I figured I might as well say the logline for the show before we get into spoilers, just in case people don't know about this one. A therapist, Jimmy Laird, dealing with severe grief, begins to breach ethical barriers by telling his patients what he completely thinks, resulting in massive changes to his and their lives. So, Austin and Keith, uh, with that out of the way, how about you just let everyone know if you had any expectations going in, as well as your non-spoiler thoughts on the shrinking premiere. Yeah, I think for me coming into it, it's kind of like what you talked about with that pedigree where I knew the Ted Lasso team was behind it. I, I knew the big cast uh, involved. And so I was just expecting kind of that feel good, uh, feel good show that was going to make me laugh in maybe some unexpected ways just with the way Jason Siegel does comedy. And with this premiere, I, I think that's exactly what I got. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the premiere. I'm excited to watch the rest of the season. I think I would still say I was a bit underwhelmed with the premiere, not in a way where I think it's a bad show or anything like that. Just Going into it, uh, I knew the premise and it gave me exactly what I was expecting and didn't give me anything beyond that. So I wasn't surprised. I don't think I learned anything new in this premiere that makes me feel differently about this show, like heading into the rest of the season. Um, it, it's one I'm definitely going to keep watching. thought it was really funny. Um, I think it's going to be very heartwarming. I think it's definitely going to be a tearjerker as we get deeper into the show and learn more about these characters. Um, so super excited for the rest of this. But I think if you have those Ted Lasso expectations going into it, that's exactly what you're going to get. And there's not much else beyond that, at least in this first premiere. Yeah, I think that's well said, Austin. Pretty much echoes my thoughts as well. But going into it, I mean, it, yeah, it was fun. Um, I think I'm with you, though, Austin. I, I don't know if I would say I was underwhelmed, but I was just more like, I guess it, was, it just kind of felt like more of a slow build uh, compared to uh, Ted Lasso, which kind of just jumps right into him coaching this team and like being, you know, having all these funny antics. But um, definitely has a good Jason Siegel kind of humor. He's kind of sad, but is able to, at the same time, be funny about it. Um, same with Ted Lasso in a way. So definitely has that same feel-good demeanor about it. I'm excited to see where it goes in the next few episodes. And cool that Harrison Ford's attached, and I like the other supporting cast members. So yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, for me to quote Robin from Young Justice, I was neither underwhelmed or overwhelmed. I was very much whelmed by this premiere. <laughs> uh, I thought it was good. I had a good time watching it. I, I liked that it was, you know, what a lot of shows are doing these days. It was a multi-episode premiere, which Austin let us know uh, this morning, which was, you know, it's nice. It lets you kind of get into the meat of the show a little bit faster and kind of gets you more excited to watch more of the show. If it had just been the first episode, I think I would have been like, yeah, that, you know, that was good. But with the second episode in there, I feel a lot more confident and I'm much more excited about the future of this season. But yeah, I, I wasn't particularly surprised by it or anything. I was excited, like I said, going in because of the team involved. And I think in a lot of ways, they deliver what you expect to Austin and Keith's points. Um, yeah, it is kind of it's interesting thinking about Ted Lasso because he is kind of that character is obviously the title and the main character. And he's a goofball. He is like a real person. He's not like a caricature or anything, but he's kind of the, like the main source of comedy in that show. And then looking at um, 
so I guess it's more character based in that way. Whereas here, it feels a lot more situational based with some of the comedy because, like you said, Keith, I mean, uh, you know, Jimmy, played by Jason Siegel, isn't like the wacky Ted Lasso type character. It's not. It's not comedic in that sense. Um, it's almost using comedy as like the perfect tension breaker because the story is very dark. And to compare it with Ted Lasso, that that story has a lot of like darkness that comes up on the side. I always think about that great scene where Ted has a, like, an anxiety attack in the show and it's treated very real. It's very serious and it kind of breaks kind of the more comedic tension where it feels like shrinking into the opposite. It's a very serious show dealing with like actual, like real, you know, subject matter. And then they're using like comedy throughout to kind of break uh, that tension in an interesting, sometimes fun, sometimes emotional, sometimes kind of heartwarming way. So, yeah, I really liked it. Um, I'm definitely going to watch more. I just wouldn't say after these two episodes that like I'm in love with it or anything. I just thought it was solid. So, yeah, I kind of echo your guys' sentiments as well, I guess. I think this is one of the shows where we're at with streaming these days is I, I wish this one had come out with the full season. This is not really one that I want to wait week for week to watch. I like when when I came into Ted Lasso, I had the full season out and I was able Same to binge here. it. Same and here. that's why I love that first season. I really wish I had kind of just discovered the show and had the full season available to me. Cause when, when episode two ended, I wanted to see more, but it wasn't like Andor last year where I was like, Uh, I cannot wait till next week. It was like, man, I just wish I had more of this to watch. Um, So I don't know if it's the show that's going to like leave you hanging every week and like drastically anticipating like episode three of shrinking. Um, I I think if we had been able to binge the whole season, I think that may have actually helped the show's popularity. Yeah, it's kind of that thing of like, I, I feel the exact same way you did. And with Andor or something like Severance last year, even though I was like, like dying for the next episode whenever credits rolled. I was happy that I had a week to kind of stew on it. Even something like, you know, more recent, like The Last of Us. That's kind of how I'm feeling. I want to watch more, but I'm okay having that week. Whereas with Shrinking, when the the credits rolled in that second episode, I kind of felt the same way you did. It's like, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch more, but I'm going to watch it when it comes out and feel good about it. But I'm not like excited. It's just going to, it's going to come out next week and I'll watch it. And then rinse and repeat for the weeks after. I'm not like excited or like, oh, my God, I can't wait or anything like that. Yeah. I like that you said The Last of Us because like when the weekend starts, I'm like, oh, Sunday's The Last of Us. Can't wait. Whereas with Shrinking, it's going to be like a new episode of Shrinking is out. I'll watch that this weekend. So it's I don't think it's going to have that same anticipation. You think that's just like a a genre thing? It doesn't work as well with comedies as it does action because action has, I guess, higher stakes in it. I think that's a big part of it. Uh, It's a great question, Keith, because... Like Austin talked about with Ted Lasso, and I'm I'm sure people are already annoyed about how much we're bringing up Ted Lasso. It's just, you know, the same team, but whatever. Uh, Sorry, but it it was weird for me because if I remember right, I think I came on to Ted Lasso like halfway through the airing of season two. So I was able to binge watch season one and then like a bunch of episodes of season two. And I mean, I adore the show. I think it's great. But even though I loved it, it was still kind of weird then to in the middle of season two switch to watching week to week because I love the show. But still, I was like, okay, yeah, I guess the next episode comes out next week. And of course, we're spoiled these days by streaming and being able to binge. I mean, like cut back to 10 years ago. This isn't a conversation anyone would have. But I still think I still think it's valid. It's like it it does feel kind of to your both your points. It is weird. Like with comedy, it's like. I don't know. Yeah. That whole like waiting a week. It's, there's, it's just it's not appointment TV and that's OK. It's still good. But I guess it's just worth bringing up, like you guys said. 
it's also 30 minutes an episode roughly so like whereas longer shows like andor and the last of us like that's an hour it feels like you're waiting for a movie whereas 30 minutes it's like is this worth like a waiting a week to watch like it's 30 minutes of my time you know like i, I don't know if always the runtime justifies waiting a week to watch another episode yeah it's an interesting question um yeah but before we get into spoilers, I think we got you know a little bit on a down note there. It does. I just want to clarify. <laughs> it sounds like we all would at least recommend the show. Do you guys agree? I know we all liked oh, yeah. it, but would you recommend people, whether they're fans of Ted Lasso or just you know TV in general, is this worth watching right now? Like, I guess if you want to tie it into the conversation we're having, should people go ahead and start watching so they can watch it week to week, or I don't know, just wait till all ten episodes or whatever it is are out and then watch all at once? What do you guys think? I think absolutely check it out now. It's a great premiere. It looks like it's going to be a great show. Um, I, I cannot wait for more. I just wish I could watch all of it right now. Yeah, same. I'd echo that as well. Uh, so yeah, all right. Let's go ahead and drop the spoiler warning. So if you have not checked out the shrinking two-episode premiere over on Apple TV+, Plus, make sure you go and do that and then come on back after you watch to hear our thoughts. It's going to be a fun one. I actually, uh, it, it's weird. I don't know how you guys feel. Like I simultaneously have a lot I want to talk about while also... It feels light. Like, I, I also don't. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but I have, like, lots of little things I want to kind of pick your guys' brain on. But at the same time, it's like, you know. It feels so quick while we're watching I it. guess that's what I mean. Yeah, it, it went by really quick, which is a good thing. Apple TV is quickly becoming, like, you got to have Netflix, HBO, and Apple TV is what it feels like. You definitely don't need Hulu for How I Met Your Father. What? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to Spoiler Territory. Austin and Keith, as always, my friends, how about you start me off with some cast and crew talk? All right, so Shrinking is created and written by Bill Lawrence, Jason Siegel, and Brett Goldstein. Lawrence, of course, created Scrubs, Cougar Town, and was later joined by Goldstein for Ted Lasso. And Siegel is best known, of course, as an actor, but he has been racking up writing credits. Most recently, he created Dispatches from Elsewhere. Our premiere episodes were directed by James Ponsult and Rai Russo Young, and our score for the show is composed by Benjamin Gibbert and Tom Howe. And going into our cast, we have Jason Siegel, of course, as Jimmy Laird, Jessica Williams as Gabby, Luke Tenney as Sean, Michael Yeary as Brian, Lukita Maxwell as Alice, and we got Krista Miller as Liz, and the great Harrison Ford as Dr. Paul Rhodes. His nipples! And his nipples. <laughs> All right, guys, there's our cast and crew. Any positives, any negatives, what do we got? Yeah, I think I'm going to give my highlight to Krista Miller as Liz. And I thought the performance was great, but too, it's like she's one of my favorite characters from Scrubs. And so to oh, see her yeah. back, uh, you know, back in like a another kind of sitcom comedy, um, but more of a serious role. I, I'm just super excited to see her throughout this show. I think she gives a great performance. I'm excited to see her relationship with Alice as that continues to grow and also her dynamic uh, with Jason Siegel's character. Um, she's funny. I, I love like the banter back and forth between her and her husband. And then also when she's in, uh, the parent teacher meeting. So everything about her, uh, love Krista Miller and just really happy to see her kind of back in like another mainstream show. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. She's got a really cool character and I'm, and I'm almost embarrassed to say this guys, but I have never watched Scrubs. Whoa. Oh, I don't know if I knew that. I've always heard good things. All of my friends have always like you guys and other friends of mine have always talked it up so much and yeah i need to i need to go watch it well like i guess there's another reason you need hulu then keith because you can Ooh. watch it you can watch it all there yeah i don't blame you keith because honest i mean i know you and your sensibilities like you'll like a hundred percent love it but it is one of those like friends level commitments because it is 
200 plus episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's worth it though. There, there's some episodes of Scrubs that will like destroy you. Oh, like yeah. you'll be crying. Love that show. I've always heard good things. It was, it was one of those shows that was like on my list in college. You just never yeah. got to it. Well, after you finish your viewing of season one of How I Met Your Father, you can then start <laughs> Scrubs. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to really pick out somebody, um, you know, in particular. I, I think I liked everybody for the most part. But uh, I guess I'll shout out uh, Jason Siegel as Jimmy Laird. It's good to see him back on screen. I haven't seen him in a while. And uh, yeah, I think he plays a really good role as this, this conflicted guy who's grieving, has to, you know, hold it together while he is doing his work, but kind of using that hard time of doing that in a way to make his therapy unorthodox. So uh, yeah, really cool character and great performance from Mr. Jason himself. Absolutely. He's a great actor. I think he's. I don't know. I think he's just great in everything. I'm kind of with you, Keith, though. This is this is really tough. I kind of want to shout out everyone. Uh, just because I've been watching a lot of the interviews uh, with both Jason Siegel and Brett Goldstein this last uh, week or so, uh, they've, I would recommend everybody. I think Stephen Colbert did a bunch of them, uh, but there's some great interviews with both Brett Goldstein and Jason Siegel where they talk about the writing and creating of the show. And Brett Goldstein talked about how he had to, he had to solo go meet with Harrison Ford in order to try and lock him down for this part. Harrison Ford like called him and said that he was he wanted to meet. So I guess there was some interest there. And whenever he met up with Harrison Ford, he was like, it's the best script I've ever read. I love the dialogue. And then Brett Goldstein was like, so do you want to be in it? And he was like, yeah. And he was like, all right, I guess that business is done. And then Harrison Ford was like, Harrison Ford was like, let's eat. <laughs> so, but I kind of agree. I really love the writing when it comes to the dialogue specifically. I just love how all the characters talk in this show. It feels real. It also just feels, I mean, it's funny. And I don't know. I, I, whenever I watched those interviews, I guess it kind of influenced me watching the show and the dialogue really stuck out to me. It just felt real. I love the use of curse words. I feel like some writers just... It's not necessarily they overuse cursing, but they just use it in a way that feels kind of, I don't know, juvenile or like, oh, that's not how people curse. But I liked how it was used in this show. So that really stuck out to me when it comes to acting. Like I said, it's so hard. Everybody's so good. I'll give it to Luke Tenney as Sean. I was pleasantly surprised that he wasn't used kind of like Heidi Gardner was used as um, the person that Jason Siegel uh, tries to convince to leave her uh, husband. Grace. Grace, right. And she was great, but she was kind of just like popping, you know, in and out a little bit, kind of like a smaller role. But Sean clearly is going to be a main character. And I was happy about that. Whenever the second episode started and he was back, I was like, oh, OK, so this is going to be a big part of the show. I thought he was great. I'm I'm really into this character. Um, yeah. But I'm, like I said, you know, it's no disrespect to anybody else. I, I, I think all the acting is great in the show. You know what we think of shrinking. Let's take a quick trip over to see what the critics had to say. Shrinking has received positive reviews and currently holds an approval rating of 82% over on Rotten Tomatoes. The website's critical consensus reads, Shrinking has darker ideas on its mind than its earnest approach can often translate, but Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford's sparkling turns make these characters worth close analysis. So since that's kind of all we have, I guess the question I want to pose to you guys before we move on is, do you agree with that? Do you think kind of that darker approach is... Is it lost a little bit in kind of that more earnest Ted Lasso-y kind of a approach, I guess? I mean, they use the word approach. I mean, do you guys agree with that? Like, is it overcompensating at all to like, is, is it losing that darkness? Do you wish it stayed there or do you think they're balancing it well? This almost feels like a criticism of the runtime to me. 
it feels like what they're trying to say is every time we want to delve into darker themes, we have to cut back to jokes um, because the episodes are so short. If we had longer run times and we spent more time like delving into the dark, like for example, with Jimmy and Brian, when we learned their relationship, Brian's clearly upset. They haven't spoken each other, spoken to each other in a year. And they resolved that in the span of a minute conversation. I wish we had spent more time and stuff like that. So I, I think if we had longer episodes, maybe we would be able to delve deeper into these darker themes. I think in some ways I agree. In some ways I don't. Because I don't know, all of those, I wouldn't even call them dark scenes. I would just say real scenes I thought informed the characters. I loved, I think it was in episode two. Maybe it was the opening of episode two. Now I can't even remember. Whenever he, uh, it cuts to Jason Siegel walking into his house and you're like, oh, since they're showing that establishing shot of him walking home, uh, clearly this is taking place right after what we just saw him doing, talking with the patient or whatever. But then he walks in the house and his wife's there and it's like, Oh, that was a really way, like a nice way to edit that. And then it's like this really sweet, like cute scene between them. And then it ends and it cuts to him like standing in the doorway, looking at the couch where she was. And he's like miserable and sad. And it's like, wow, that was a really powerful moment. Um, and I don't think they ever undercut those moments with jokes. It's just like maybe a lot of jokes came later. But yeah, I don't know. I think overall, I don't know if I agree with the critics on this one, because I feel like all of those like, quote unquote, darker moments only adhered me more to all of the characters. So to me, it was kind of worth doing. And I thought the balance was there for the most part. Obviously, there's a lot of episodes of this season left. So we'll see if they're able to maintain that because that's a hard thing to do. But as of now, I think I'm on the opposite side. I kind of like how they handled it. I think it also might play into expectations for the show. And and this is a broader like roundtable point. So I'm just going to say we're there right now for our, our broader roundtable discussion. But Going into the show, we have the log line of a, a grieving therapist decides to tell his patients what he really thinks. And I actually thought coming into the show, we were going to spend more time in the opening of the show with Jason Siegel down on his luck, grieving, not really bought into his work. The first episode was a little jarring to me where we meet him. He's bothering his neighbors. He has prostitutes over at three in the morning. Yeah, I already forgot about that. <laughs> it was jarring because... Like that morning, he wakes up and decides he's going to get his life back on track. Like, yeah, it, it, it did feel like a very quick transition. So that was the biggest surprise to me in this premiere. Was there anything else that surprised you kind of coming into this, knowing what you already knew about the premise of the show? And I guess maybe we could have got a little bit more of his regular like therapy sessions. It jumped in real quick of him, like already changing his method of therapy. I agree with that. I think just some of the editing in general in the premiere episode itself uh, was a little strange and made me laugh at points. Like even not even when it comes to stuff like you're talking about, Keith, where like actual like uh, editing in terms of the story, so to speak. But just like <laughs> little things like there's one where he I think has his first conversation with Gabby or something. And then he walks out of the room. Uh, I think it's whenever he's talking with both her and uh, Paul about how it's like, do you guys ever feel like you just want to like shake your patience or whatever. And then he walks out. And then the next scene literally starts with him walking out of his office and then Gabby walking out of hers. And then they talk again. And I was like, wait, what? Like we <laughs> we just saw him talking to her, leave the room. And then the next scene starts with him walking out of his office. And then she walks out of hers and she's like, hey, partner, how's it going? It's like, what? Just felt like there was like a therapy session we didn't see. Exactly. And that's, that's, why, that's why I thought of that, Keith, because it's like, oh, clearly they must have filmed like, an actual like full session where he's like completely miserable or something and they just kind of move things around. But yeah, I didn't think about it too much, but now that you guys are bringing it up, it, it does start in kind of a bizarre place. Um, I do appreciate that particularly when it comes to Alice, 
she is bringing up a lot in these first two episodes that, you know, this happened to us and I've been dealing with it and you haven't really been there for me. So I guess that can kind of, I don't know, it, it can make you stomach some of the things he's doing, like one of his, I mean, his opening scene is having those, I think uh, Liz calls them hookers, but we don't really get full clarification. We know that he's paying them, but it's like your daughter is like sleeping upstairs. And then like you, like you said, Austin, the next, the next morning he's trying to like connect with her and make her breakfast or whatever. And the, and the show acknowledges that it's weird, but it's almost like too weird. I don't know to get behind. Well, and I love all the stuff with Alice too. I think it's great. She feels like a very real character in this show and not just like a high school student. Um, but juxtapose that with the conversation with Liz where Liz is like is this you forever and he's like it might be and then two minutes later he's trying to change like it it just there's a lot of time we don't see where he's like wrestling with trying to get his life back it feels like yeah I agree and I kind of I like your point Keith where it's like it's interesting that the show starts essentially with him trying to go I'm gonna change now maybe it would have been nice to have a little bit more time to understand him more uh and then maybe at the end of the first episode, he's like, I'm going to change now. But since they're doing a lot of like random flashbacks, maybe throughout the next several episodes, we'll get like past glimpses of where he was at. It's just hard to kind of tell now, if uh, you know, just these first couple episodes. It was a funky premiere episode. I'm really glad they put two out because um, I left episode two feeling a lot better about the show than I did after episode one. Another thing. Uh, awesome. Before we move on to the next point, you know, you kind of brought this whole thing up with like what surprised you. And I think in my opening, even in the non-spoiler, I was like, not a lot surprised me, but there was one like great moment for me. And it was like, okay, you're definitely doing enough here to propel me to the next episode and just the season in general. I'm going to watch it anyway, but that was a great, I think. And it was how the first episode ended. I loved how, as you guys know, I say it a lot in the show, <laughs> but I love a great premise. And I felt like The first episode was funky. It's a good word to use, Austin. But it ended up coming together in a really great way because they set up in these 40 or whatever minutes that he's going to try and change his life. He wants to get closer to his daughter again. He wants to fix that. He wants to help his patients in this kind of unorthodox way. Uh, And then Sean comes in and kind of becomes perhaps it's at least right now it seems like the main patient of the season so to speak and i just loved how it all kind of came together at the end whenever sean's like well we gotta go to your daughter's soccer game i mean she would love that and they go to the soccer game and then of course he gets there and it's this big cheer moment his daughter looks at him and she's smiling and then who shows up the husband of um a grace who he told to leave at the beginning of the episode as his first kind of like Oh, shit. I'm just going to say what I'm thinking. The husband's paying him, apparently, for those sessions. <laughs> exactly. And then Sean, who is like <laughs> suffering you know, from trauma and PTSD, who has been able to kind of hold back on that and try and be uh, releasing that anger in a healthier way, isn't able to do that whenever his therapist gets attacked. And so then we see in real time that kind of uh, reverse a little bit. So it's just like I, I kind of loved how the first episode ended in a bad place because it's like oh we're supposed to be all happy that you know jimmy is helping these people uh but maybe that's not the best way to help these people because it's it's having consequences so that that was what surprised me most i liked that ending a lot i really like that ending too it did feel like things were going a little too easily for him in that premiere so i was happy that there were actual consequences the only thing i'm curious about and i want to see how the next episodes play out but it seems like harrison ford is the owner of this practice 
and he's I been guess? pretty clear that like ethically this is not what he signed up for this is this is something he condones for his practice so how does that play out now that things aren't going perfectly and, and i don't know what like the ethical barriers are for therapists but it seems like if if you're going to agree to this type of therapy like as a patient you should consent to this type of therapy and, and they haven't done that so i'm wondering how that's going to play out in the show because harrison ford is not on board but there hasn't been any like come to jesus moment before their characters of like i'm not gonna let you do this anymore it's a little bit comical harrison ford just like he's not saying this dialogue but he's basically just like well i love you kid so you do what you gotta do it's like well <laughs> that's hold on <laughs> Until it blows up in his face three episodes right. <laughs> later. <laughs> and it clearly will. Like, something's going to happen, you know, like, three quarters of the way through the season where it's like Harrison Ford has to fire Jason Siegel, and then by the end it all works out. But, yeah, it, it was a little goofy. Because I love the conversation between Paul and Jimmy, but then it just ends where it's like, all right, get out of here, kid. Well, okay. <laughs> I guess we're done talking <laughs> about it. I guess I can. I'm allowed to do this. <laughs> like to your point, Austin, which was kind of weird. <laughs> I also I did like the like half hug, and he's like, "I don't know what you want from me right now." <laughs> yeah, I love that. Harrison Ford just walks out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were awkwardly like grabbing each other's shirts. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. So we've kind of talked a lot about the premise of the show, and whenever it comes to premieres, I'm always curious. It almost feels like the show is in two halves. We have Jimmy as our main character, and we have kind of his journey and his arc. That's going to be a big part of the show, of course. But then we also have the more like plot-focused elements of the show, which is a therapist is you know extremely down on his luck. He's suffering from severe, severe, like crippling grief. And so his way to kind of fix that, so to speak, is with his patients, like, just tell them what he actually thinks, right? Um, so I guess what I'm, what I'm asking is, do you think after these two episodes, do you feel confident in the rest of the season? Like, what do you think the balance is going to be? Do you think they're going to be able to kind of maintain, like, giving Jimmy, like, a solid kind of through line, whether it be with his daughter, with his colleagues, with, with Liz and all that? And also, do you think they'll be able to maintain him, like, having all these patients that he's being honest with? Like, have we met all these patients, do you think? Do you think that's all they're going to do and just focus on Sean? Or are we going to meet more? Is that going to become, like, more of a gimmick in the show where he's, like, having all these patients that he's just, you know, being honest with? What do you think? Like, and what would you want? Do you want it to be more of, like, a Jimmy story or more of, like, a... A therapist is, you know, being honest with his people or whatever. You know, does that make sense? I'm because because I'm kind of curious. This feels more plot focused than we might initially be expecting. To answer the back half of that, I do think we'll get more patients. I think that's going to expand. I think his roster will expand a bit. Um, as for the path forward, I almost think they've been a bit too on the nose with the foreshadowing in this premiere because the path forward seems a little obvious. Of Jimmy's going to continue this. Something's going to happen that puts Alice maybe not in danger, but just not in a good situation. He's going to have a falling out with Harrison Ford's character. Things are going to start to go well with his patients. He's going to recover a bit from the falling out with Alice and Harrison Ford, and it's going to end in a positive manner. That that seems like the path forward, and, and based on what they've set up, I, I don't know how much more they could deviate from that. I would love it if they surprised me, but so far it's kind of been on the nose, it feels like. Like I, I think we're gonna have our main patients like Sean and and Grace that are always gonna be there, um, but then 
like y'all said, I think there's going to be some like referral basis, I guess. They're going to like maybe go out and tell some of their friends like, hey, I have this like really cool therapist. He's not your normal therapist. And so, yeah, he might get a bunch of new patients and Harrison Ford's character might be okay with that in the beginning, but then maybe it starts, like you said, it starts getting, maybe it starts getting dangerous and unethical in a way, I guess. And uh, maybe that's going to be the thing that brings the, the office down. Maybe they'll get sued or something. I mean, they show that in the second episode that we know, you know, people could sue for this yeah. kind of thing, <laughs> whether or not, you know, it's like on a good foundation, it's possible. <laughs> Uh, to bring up Ted Lasso again for like the 9,000th time, uh, one of the things that works about that show is that Ted is brought on under false pretenses in order to like hopefully fail when it comes to this team. And the boss relationship is with, you know, Hannah Waddingham's character. Uh, and then they, they end up becoming friends. But this is, this is a very different relationship because I agree with you guys. There's no way – it doesn't come to a head where Harrison Ford either has to fire him or like, this isn't working. We got to stop. But then how do you bring him? How do you bring Jason Siegel back into the fold? Because it's like, isn't he going to continue doing this treatment? And if he does, what therapist would allow him to do that at their practice if they're not also doing that? So it's just kind of like a different, weird situation that it's hard to picture how it resolves. But that's also something that kind of excites me because I'm curious how they will resolve it because he's doing this very unethical thing. Although so far, for the most part, it seems to be working. Uh, but just what's the long term plan? I'm curious. I think Harrison Ford is going to end up passing away of his disease in the show Ooh. and leave the practice to Jimmy and then. To end season one, Jimmy will now have his own practice where he's free to do the, the version of therapy that he wants to do. That's a good theory. I was going to say something slightly different, but I think I like that theory better. I was going to say that um, that Harrison Ford will you know, say, hey, I think the therapy you're doing is actually working. It's good, but you just can't do it here. Like You need to go start your own practice. That seems like something Harrison's Ford character would do for the betterment of Jimmy, of you need to get out from under me yeah. and go your own path. Awesome. Is what you're saying that behind the scenes, Harrison Ford said, and I quote, yeah, I'll be in your show, but I'm only doing one fucking season. <laughs> so you got to kill me. <laughs> I got to film Indiana Jones 7. <laughs> so despite how great uh, Jason Siegel is in the lead, I do think they've built out a really strong supporting cast aside characters. Um, I touched on my favorite. It, it's Liz at the moment. Um, and I, I want to get into Liz a bit more because... I think I find this character to be really interesting because she's not like the overbearing like Karen mom that she could have been in the show. She actually feels like she's done a really good job of stepping in and being that kind of motherly figure for Alice. And so far, at least I haven't noticed anything that she's done wrong. So I'm excited to see how that relationship plays out because it, it seems like she's done the right thing. Um, but she's still kind of getting chastised by Gabby and maybe eventually Jimmy for it. So I want to see how that relationship plays out. Um, and, and also how that's going to kind of come to impact Jimmy and Allison's relationship, because Alice also seems to really care about her relationship with Liz. And I, I, that's why I really liked the character of Liz a lot. She's probably one of the more realistic characters in the show. Now she's got Jimmy, who's not kind of stepping up to the plate as a dad. So she's like, well, I'm going to, you know, help this girl out as much as I can. I mean, I'm her next door neighbor. I'll take her out to eat. We don't have all our all of our boys are out of the out of the house. So I still, she still has that mom in her. Uh, like yeah. Gabby says, and then you got the whole Gabby conflict and Gabby, Gabby's like, Hey, you need to back off and let, and let Jimmy swoop in and save the day and be the, be the hero dad again. And Liz is kind of like, well, he can do that while I'm still doing my thing too. 
Like, what, what's to stop us from both helping her out? Yeah, Ugh, I have so many thoughts. When it comes to that scene in particular, that was another kind of weird show moment where it's like, I understood what they were trying to do. I don't know. It, it just felt weird from a writing perspective that Gabby would go over there and and talk to her when she doesn't know for sure if uh, Jimmy hadn't already done that. And I know she yeah. and Paul joke about like, oh, he's never going to have that conversation with her. It was still very weird, and it, it just felt, like, rude in a way that was odd. <laughs> like, I thought she was overstepping her bounds. Like, this is not something she should have done at all. Like, Jimmy didn't even remotely ask her to do that either. The thing that kind of saves the scene is she reveals, like you said earlier, Austin, that she is the godmother. But then, of course, that gives Liz the perfect ammo of, like, then where the fuck have you been? Like, fuck off. Uh, anyway, I'm saying it was a good scene, just like the setup of it was kind of odd, where Gabby's like coming in hot, like, whoa, why? Um, yeah, I think Liz is an absolutely fascinating character, and I cannot wait to find out more about the pre-existing relationship, because the way Liz talked to Gabby about Tia, it, it's, I mean, it didn't seem like they were super close. I mean, obviously, Tia was, you know, felt comfortable talking with Gabby kind of in a behind-the-back way about Liz. That doesn't mean that they weren't friends, but, I mean, that was there. Uh, so maybe it was more of a thing where, like, Liz and uh, Jimmy were friends, but not necessarily Tia. I don't know. Um, but I loved the dynamic that was the most perfect thing for me was that every character in this show perceives Liz as just somebody helping out. When in reality, she's being a mom and a parent someone who needs it with Alice, who doesn't have that right now. Uh, but everybody else, even Jimmy, is just like, thanks for helping. And I'm sure in Liz's head, she's like, I'm not helping. I'm like, I'm being a parent. <laughs> like, Yeah. Uh, and, and I really loved Harrison Ford's line. If he says anybody that's going to help our kids out with grace and compassion, we should accept that and welcome it into our lives. I, I really like that line because that's feels exactly like what Liz is doing. She's doing everything she can and she's not being like judgmental or mean or even being mean to Jimmy. She's letting Jimmy grieve how he needs to grieve, but she's stepping in to make sure Alice kind of stays on the good path and doesn't um, end up lost in her own grief. So I, Liz might be my favorite character on this show right now because I, I'm just really fascinated to see how this relationship plays out. And I think they've done such a good job of setting this up as a character who has done the right thing at every possible term that she could do, but it's still going to be at odds with all these other characters in the show. I think that could be a very huge emotional crux of the show it's kind of sad because i think people it's weird i feel bad for liz i do too and i think what the show addresses is if liz's kids weren't in college or whether they're out of college or whatever like if they weren't empty nesters right if like her kids were still like alice's age right and then she kind of took in alice at this time i don't think anybody would be giving her shit i think it's because she's a quote-unquote empty nester and she's like, you know, being this mom, driving Alice to school every day, having all these meals with her. Like Alice can just walk over there and like, you know, do her homework or just hang out there. Like now it's like characters are mad at her because it's like, oh, you're just trying to replace your kids. It's like, what? no, no one else is doing it. I'm, so I'm just trying to take care of her. She's so. the only one stepping in. 
Jason Siegel's got prostitutes in the pool at three in the morning. <laughs> but the, th- the thing that's successful about the show is I still kind of felt for Jason Siegel's character a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit in the parent-teacher conference. Like I understood why he was getting frustrated. Oh, absolutely. Whether or yeah. not it was unfounded or not, I understood why he like he he felt like he was he kept getting cut off. He felt like oh he was he was like more mad at himself for not knowing the answers to questions. And it's yeah. like he's watching this person uh, that he cares about with Liz know the answer. So I like how the show is handling that. Like I f- I feel for both sides, but I think we're gonna come to uh, an interesting head with with Liz's character. And I didn't feel like it was contentious either between Jimmy and Liz. Like, like when Liz had to leave, she she did it willingly. She didn't get upset. And then when, when she, I loved when she came back <laughs> yeah. in, she's like, all right, I'm back. Like, <laughs> it seems like they could get to a point where they can figure out how to almost co-parent Alice together, uh, where Liz can still be. In, like, I, I can see that being the arc. And actually, the, the photo for episode three is um, Jimmy, Gabby and Liz like at a table together. So I'm really interested to see how that dynamic plays out with the three of them. So then the next big question is, what did you guys think? It looks like, you know, expanding our side character talk, Alice is kind of treating Paul as her therapist, I guess. And unless I missed it, the show never really tells us how they met. I mean, obviously, if Gabby's her godmother, then she must know everybody at the practice. So she's familiar with Paul and knows him. But um, after kind of getting over that weird hump, I like the idea that she that Paul, you know, Harrison Ford is her therapist. So did you guys like those scenes? Because in episode two in particular, that becomes kind of a a pivotal relationship where he's the only person that she seems to vent to, because obviously she can't really talk to her dad yet. And even with Liz, who she clearly loves, it seems like kind of that that mom thing. But there's a barrier there. It's like she's not she can't be fully open and real with her. The only person that it seems like she can be real with is Paul, who she's just like saying her entire thing like, well, I fucking came home and, you know, brought him dinner. Then he goes out to play pickleball. It's like, what's up with that? (laughs) So what'd you guys think of their relationship? I liked it for the same way I liked her and Liz's relationship, where it feels like for this year, Liz has been the mother figure and Paul has been the father figure that Alice has needed. It seems like she's gotten both sides out of this friendship. I just like the idea of of people being in orbit of, of someone and can step in when that person isn't able to be there because of their grief. I, I just like that dynamic. And so it was a very jarring cut. They don't establish that they know each other. But I think the reason why I liked, as as it played out more, the reason why I liked more of it is because they said in episode one, like, even Gabby and Jimmy have never been to Paul's house and Alice knows where Paul lives. So the idea that he's put down some of those barriers to help out Alice because he cares so much about Jimmy, I like all that stuff and I'm excited to see it play out in the future. Yeah, he he just plays such a good, like, wise grandpa kind of character to both Jimmy, Gabby, and Alice. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of with you, Austin, like, where's this going to play out? Um, I'm not too sure, but hopefully it'll play out in a way that it becomes more positive to Jimmy, too, where maybe Jimmy can go to his house, too, and they, maybe he, maybe, maybe Paul will let down some of his barriers that he's got. Because they, they all seem to have like these barriers with one another. That's coming. There's that's coming. there's definitely something there with Paul and his own daughter because he doesn't want to get into any of his personal stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, you know, they're setting up the Alice stuff. I, I, I just think they're doing the thing which I think is always a compelling thought, but also like a storytelling device of a character that is great at giving advice, but not great at taking their own advice. And I think they're setting up Paul to be that kind of person. He, like He's a... Seems to be a very competent and solid therapist, but clearly has a lot of issues with his daughter. He describes his daughter as someone that ran away, 
because of his actions. And we're seeing him form this relationship or continue this relationship, I guess I should say, with Alice. So I would I would have to imagine the season ends with him. I, I think they're kind of setting up a season long thing where he'll resolve things with his daughter. And then maybe here and there, like some of his patients that like Jason Siegel's trying to help, like those are just like singular episode type things. Maybe not necessarily like a season long arc or recurring thing. Maybe Sean's the only one there, but I like this setup. It, feel, it feels good. So I'm excited to see more. Will Jason Siegel continue his Dracula musical from Forgetting Sarah Marshall? You know I thought about it. Whenever he did that in the booth, <laughs> I was thinking about it. <laughs> uh, speaking of Sean, did you guys have any thoughts on that character? Because uh, like, we, like we've said multiple times now, clearly a huge character in the show. Uh, and our episode two ends with you know him having to leave his house because of a his actions upsetting his parents, and then he ends up staying with Jimmy, uh, and then Jimmy introduces him to Alice. So any thoughts on Sean? I'm excited to see this character more. I I felt really bad for him in episode two because he did the right thing, like defending Jason Siegel, but just because yeah. of his history, it was um, misinterpreted. Um, I, I'm worried because when Alice comes home, Sean is in the house, and that's right after Harrison Ford had just finished telling Jason Siegel's character, like, hey, don't do anything to jeopardize your relationship with Alice. So it seems like they're setting up the Sean dynamic to maybe put Alice in some sort of jeopardy. So I'm wondering how that will kind of influence that, those characters' relationships. Alice does not seem happy that Sean is staying with them. Um, so just inter- interesting stuff they've set up. Uh, overall, I liked what we got from it. I, I thought the the MMA stuff was actually more heartwarming than I thought it was going to be. And so I'm excited to see this character kind of grow more with Jason Siegel, but I'm just I'm just worried they're going to use this character to drive a wedge in between Jimmy and Alice. Yeah, that's what it's looking like, because from her perspective, she probably just sees Sean as a violent guy. She doesn't know any of the backstory on him. Yeah, she's only seen him fight at the soccer field. Yeah, she's like, why are we having this like criminal living in our house? Like he's a he, he's beat up two guys like in the past two months. Like, why? Why is he living in our house? That's I think that's going to come in between them for sure. I really hope that they lean more into the unexpected, which is Alice and um, Sean form kind of a kinship. I think that would be cool yeah. if they just go the route. And I'm not saying that it wouldn't be unfounded, but like Alice, I think deservedly so would feel frustrated. Like, Jesus, after this year, right, uh, where my mom died and he has been fucking absent emotionally. We come back and he's being all nice to me. He's clearly trying to fix things. And I told him it's not going to be that easy. And then I come home one night after trying to do a nice thing for him. And he has like one of his patients here and they're they're going to stay here. Like, so clearly he can do good stuff for his patients, but not for me. I feel like that would be too tropey. We've seen that a lot. And I, I want that to be there a little bit because that would be real. But I'm kind of hoping that they lean maybe more into her and Sean kind of maybe relating on certain things and understanding each other because that would be different, but maybe that's too much to ask. I guess we'll see. But yeah, whenever episode two ended, I was just like, okay, they're doing the thing where she's like, you're replacing me. You know, you're doing the right things for him, but you couldn't do it for me. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, before we close out here, uh, are there any final thoughts on the drinking premiere? Give me the final rundown. Great premiere, just to end up on that. Um, I, I know I, I came in saying underwhelmed, but I mean, overall, I still think it's a good premiere just to give me exactly what I was expected. So I'm hoping there's some more surprises in this first season. 
really excited to see the character of Liz continue to play a role in this show. Um, I, I just that's the character that is the most fascinating to me right now. And then the Alice relationship. I, I hope you're right, Matt. I hope that she does develop a relationship with Sean. Um, but I think I'm honestly more interested to see how her relationships with Liz and Paul change as Jimmy gets more involved um, into her life after this past year. Yeah, I'm excited to see how the whole Liz, Jimmy, and Alice dynamic plays out. I also want to see what happens with uh, his best friend, Brian. I think Brian's going to come in and be a positive influence on him now that he's kind of letting him back into his life after a year of ghosting him, pretty much. I want to see what happens with Harrison Ford. I think he's going to, you know, tear down some of his walls, hopefully, and and uh, we'll find out, you know, more about his character. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. The Michael Yuri thing of it all, playing Brian, his friend, I mean, like I said, is that just going to be a character that pops in occasionally? I hope not. I hope that's a main character. Uh, because I'd really like to see his connection with Alice. Obviously, they must know each other. I mean, she's, you know, in high school, so it's not like even though they haven't talked for a year, she's still going to know him. So I'm curious what their relationship is. I want to know what Brian's relationship with, like, uh, Jimmy's colleagues might be. So I'm just excited to see more of him because that character is kind of a bright light, which, uh, you know, Jason Siegel calls out in both good and bad ways. So I'm excited. But yeah, I, I guess I'm just hoping. We've talked a lot. I mean, there's potential for a lot of tropey shit they could do. Uh, definitely a lot of that with Alice, a lot of that with Paul, I think. Um, and I hope that they hit some of those things with like a different flavor. Uh, but I also hope that they just kind of um, surprise us. Like I, like we said with Sean, for example, like I don't want the whole like, dad, you're replacing me thing. Like you can do that a little bit because that would make sense. But, you know, give us something that we don't expect. Like maybe have them connect to some degree as friends. I don't know. Uh, I just hope the show doesn't, you know, lean fully into too much of those tropes because I think it could get lost there and feel a bit too saney to other things. But overall, the premiere, I quite liked. I thought, uh, you know, it was good. Didn't surprise me too much aside from a few moments, but I'm very curious to see where the season goes. Guess that's all I got. I don't know. Good stuff. I hope we see a patient relapse as well. Uh, just to see how that will impact Jimmy's character. Like if, if things are going really well and then all of a sudden this isn't working, I want to see, like, I don't want it to be just smooth sailing for this new therapy approach. I want there to be some challenges. It's like, it's not one size fit all for everybody. So I hope there are some uh, like different struggles with different patients as Jimmy tries this new approach. Yeah. I mean, Grace popped in like a decent amount in the first two episodes in like episode six or seven. Does she just like call him sad and say that I'm, back in the States and I'm back with my husband. Like, what would that do for her uh, and Jimmy? Like, yeah, I, I kind of like that. I, I have to imagine we're going to see some of those uh, uh, decisions and how that affects him because that's kind of the fucked up thing about it, right? What he's doing overall is kind of selfish because this unique therapy style is ultimately to make him feel better. Uh, so whenever it goes wrong... It's going to make him feel worse and go down a darker path. So it's going to have to it's going to force him to confront the fact that he's being a little bit selfish here. So mm. I, I'm excited for that kind of arc. Yeah, there you go. That's shrinking for you. I should that we're very curious to see how it continues. Uh, we all liked it. And I don't know about you guys, but after talking about it more, I think I may have even liked it more than I thought. <laughs> there's there's way more than I thought to talk about. So. All good stuff, and let's all raise a glass to Krista Miller as Liz. She's the GOAT. 
of this show, the MVP to be sure. But before Jordan. we close out, <laughs> before we close out, let's go ahead and get into our Arnie's Podcast Awards. This is the part of our show where we can pick something. It can be positive. It can be negative. It's just something that we feel like deserves specific praise. So, Austin and Keith, what gets your award today? Yeah, you mentioned uh, raising a glass, Matt, and I'm going to give myself the Drinking Buddy Award uh, because when Jason Siegel pours himself a glass of whiskey into a Santa mug, all I was thinking was, man, I wish I had an elf mug because I could be Jason Siegel's drinking buddy right now. Mm. Nice. I feel you there. I feel you there. I'm going to give the What's in the Bowl Award to Jimmy. Uh, he gets asked this at least two or three times by Liz, and the, I think the first answer was Adderall. The second answer was painkillers. The first answer was pretzels. Pretzels. And then he right. got to the Adderall. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, Liz wants us to pack it in for the night, so we got to go inside. In. <laughs> <laughs> and then did they sleep like on the couch? Did they sleep in his room? Like, no, they slept in his room. Did his daughter like, see them later? <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm going to give the biggest missed opportunity award. And I think before I even say it, Austin and Keith, you know what it's going to be. They keep telling us Harrison Ford has a daughter, right? But my biggest problem is whenever Alice lifted up his family photo to show his daughter and presumably grandchild, why wasn't it Shia LaBeouf, a.k.a. Mutt from Indiana Jones 4? Oh, right? <laughs> where is That's he? That's his true family. He's supposed to take up the mantle of Indy. <laughs> I would have lost it if I saw Shia LaBeouf photo come up. And, and the real just... question is, and the real question is, why did Harrison Ford steal the role of Indy from Shia for Indiana Jones 5? Well, it's because Shia kept getting arrested and I think sexually assaulted people. <laughs> oh. Dang it, Ezra. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> you think Shia Buff will join Ezra Miller for their press tour from prison for The Flash? Probably. Shia's got to be in prison right now, right? He's probably too busy filming Honey Boy 2, which is just himself playing himself as an adult assaulting and harassing people. Wow. Did you see that interview where he just admitted he made up everything in Honey Boy 1? I did. <laughs> you can't call it Honey Boy 1. <laughs> there's, there's no reality where that gets a sequel. Did you guys see Honey Boy 1? <laughs> we, live in, we live in a reality where How I Met Your Father got a season 2, so there oh, definitely shit. could be a you're, Honey I forgot. Boy 2. You're right. You're right. Man, if Shia LaBeouf can't get any more work because he doesn't deserve it because of his behavior, it's quite possible he'll show up in How I Met Your Father Season 3 because that's the bottom of the barrel. And then he'll write about his time on the show in Honey Boy 3. Man, I can't wait for Honey Boy 3. You know what? I've always said this. Honey Boy 2, I'm not like super stoked for, but Honey Boy 3? I think there's some interesting story potential. Well, before we get full into the Honey Boy franchise, everybody. The Honeyverse. <laughs> the Honeyverse. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing this with a friend, we really would appreciate that. So we continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever your podcasts really does help us out. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We'll be back on Tuesday for a dive into the mind of our buddy M. Night Shyamalan with Knock at the Cabin. What twists and turns will await us? <laughs> we'll see. I know Ron's in it, Austin's favorite actor. And also last week, uh, if you want to hear us check out our first slasher of the year, uh, we put out our thoughts on Sick, which is the new COVID-19 themed horror movie. 
Um, I think we were all pleasantly surprised. It's not a great movie by any means, but for what it is, it's not bad. So if you want to hear our thoughts on that, be sure to go check it out. Lastly, we want to hear from you guys. So please send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us the Arnie's media at gmail.com. What did you think of the shrinking premiere? What are you hoping for the rest of the season? Are you watching How I Met Your Papa? <laughs> Anything you say, we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. Have a great rest of your week. We hope you enjoyed Shrinking and our episode. We'll see you next time for Knock at the Cabin. M. Night Shyamalan, we hope you have something good in store for us. We'll see you then. Bye. See ya. And how does that make you feel? Yeah.